0: Would you take your Bibles with me, if you would, please, and turn to 1 John chapter 4. We have been in 1 John um, chapter 4 uh, through this whole series. In fact, our theme verse comes out of 1 John 4, 1, 9, 1 John 4, 19, which is we love because he first loved us. And that has been the theme, that has been our focus as we have been looking to how we will serve and love the community around us. And if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you know that part of what we've done is try to be on the same page spiritually. Together And so we have been reading through the passages of Scripture that help us to focus on what love is and how God's love is expressed in our lives. You can see them on the screen. So we've been working our way through the book of 1 John and 1 Corinthians 13 passages that talk about love. And so here's what we're going to ask you to do one more week so that we as a, as a group can be focused on the same thing spiritually. Take a chapter from the book of 1 John every weekday this week. Read that chapter. And then on Saturday we'll do 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And uh, allow God's word to speak to you about this idea of love and how God speaks to our hearts and what he does and works through his word in us. And if there's something that just kind of strikes you as you're reading something, maybe it speaks to you, you want to share it, you can do that. If you post on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just use the hashtag love the 419. Maybe even if you take pictures this week during serve week, use that, tag it that way. And uh, that way we can uh, see together the good things that God is doing through the church. And we've been using using this analogy as we've gone through this of beautiful music, that if we will make beautiful music, then people will listen long enough to hear what it is we're trying to say. The idea is this, that if your life makes beautiful music, people will listen to what your lyrics have to say. But if your life isn't in some way attractive, if it's not memorable, if it doesn't get stuck in your head, if it's not beautiful to be around, then people won't even be able to hear the things that you're trying to say. But if your life makes beautiful music, then people will listen to what your lyrics have to say. So so here's the deal. We are, in a certain sense, singing a song for our community in this next week. We're going to love the 419. So we've already said that it's a love song. But what is it all about? What are the lyrics that we're trying to sing so that our community can hear? And I think maybe the best place for us to start then, if we're going to talk about those lyrics, is to look at what the Bible tells us about love. So we've been doing that as we've gone through this week. And last week, we kind of took a real personal look at 1 Corinthians 13. But today, I want to take one verse out of 1 John. We're going to unpack it, kind of look at it phrase by phrase, see what it says to us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. Here's what John writes. He says, "'This is love.'" Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And he gives us there a definition of what love is. And, and wouldn't you agree that in many ways our, our world, our, our culture in different ways has kind of warped the definition of what love is? Would you agree? Yeah. And here, here's why. I think so many times we stop and when we use the word love, we think about it in the sense of things that I like or things that, that meet my needs, things that I desire. And love gets focused on self. We say we love food. We love to feel a certain way. We have these things that we define love with when the truth is, isn't the whole idea of loving about selflessness instead of self it's about how can i set myself aside and show love to another and so it's important for us to take a look at what john says here about love what it's all about and then see how that can be at work in our lives so let's go back to that verse first john chapter four verse 10 and look at what he says here he says this is love Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He defines it and says, this is love. Now, when we talk about love, love is not just what we'll see this week. Now, now this week we'll go out and we'll we'll make a difference in people's lives. As a church, we're going to paint walls and we're going to do landscaping. We'll do construction projects. We're going to teach kids. We're going to be in a lot of different places doing a lot of things to express love. But the truth is, love isn't really what we see. It goes deeper than that. It's about more than that. It's about how we impact people's lives and impact their hearts. In fact, love love can be expressed in, in a very different way. Scripture says this to us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 says, This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. If we're going to live out love, then probably our best role model, the best way to think about it is that you and I are to be like Jesus. We are to love like Jesus did. And that's so key for us to think about as we go in, not just to this serve week, but as we live our lives, that we are to love like Jesus. He is our role model. So then we have to ask the question, what is this love really all about? If you're not familiar with, with the Bible, it was written thousands of years ago, and at that time it wasn't written in English as we read it today, but the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament, that second part, was written in Greek. So when they wrote the New Testament in Greek, there were different words that they could use to describe love. We, we kind of just use one word, but Greek has multiple ones. Like there's the idea of when you love someone, when you have brotherly love for someone, there, there's a connection that's there. I, I, I'll just give you a good example scott brugman it is good to see you scott brugman and i started on staff at calvary on the very same sunday and i remember sitting up there on that platform we had no idea what we were doing or what we were getting ourselves into and and i haven't seen scott in a long time but when you walked in i said to myself i love that guy because of a connection that you have, a friendship that you have. You know what I'm talking about? That's one kind of love. Another kind of love is like a romantic love. Not just when you say, I love you, but when you say, I love you, right? There's a difference. That's that romantic love that people have. But the word that's used in the New Testament that, that John uses here isn't really that brotherly love. It's not that romantic love. It's this different kind of love. In fact, it's a word that actually the writers of the New Testament kind of coined and popularized. You may have heard it before. It's, it's called a Agape, agape love. And here's the idea behind it it's a different kind of love, it's unconditional love. It's selfless love. It's love that actively looks for a way to set your own needs aside and seek for the good of another person. That's the kind of love that this agape love is. This is the love that John's writing about. This is the love that Jesus gives. So understand this. If we're going to love another like Jesus does, it looks like this. Loving like Jesus is an unconditional commitment to selflessly love another. There's some loaded words there. Loving like Jesus is an unconditional commitment to selflessly love another. So so do you love like that? In the relationships in in your life, in your world, do you love like that? And it's a challenge for us to consider. In fact, it, it, for many of us, it may be a challenge to kind of really wrap our brains around unconditional commitment, selflessly. I, I don't think I... Ever really truly understood this love that God has for us and that He wants us to share with others until I was probably in my in my early twenties and I was reminded of it again just this last week or so. I've got a friend who um, just recently in the last few weeks he and his wife welcomed their first child into their family and uh, he it's fun to talk to him because he, he tells how his world has changed since he became a dad and he's got this brand new little baby boy and I said to him the other day I said hey man you sleeping much and he just kind of rolled his eyes right. <laughs> And he begins to describe to me how things change when you become a parent. And at one point he, he said to me, he goes, it's like I just, I just don't have much free time anymore. And I thought to myself, face it, dude, you're never having free time again. <laughs> right, it's gone. It's over for you. <laughs> I remember this so clearly. I can remember Clayton was just a little guy and brand new. And I can remember walking the floors of our apartment in Milwaukee. We're walking back and forth, trying to get this kid to be quiet. 19 years later, I'm still trying to get this kid to be quiet. And you're just trying to calm him down and trying to soothe him. And here's the deal. He wants something. And when he asks, he doesn't ask politely. He screams it out. And he doesn't let you sleep. And he's constantly demanding. And he's asking for these things all the time and when he wants food he doesn't say please he says "Ah," right and then after you feed him you have to clean up for him from top to bottom if you know what i mean (laughs) and yet in the midst of this i love this kid before he showed up there were things in my life that were my own and now that he's here they're gone and honestly i didn't i didn't miss him it was this kind of love. It was this and he hadn't earned it. It was this this unconditional commitment of love that I had to selflessly love that little guy. And I think for the first time I truly understood what God's love for me was like. And how he wanted to love others through me. Does and Mom and dads, does that make sense a little bit? It's that agape love that we talk about here. And so when John says this is love, that's what he wants us to understand. And that's why this, this week is so important. This love, the 419. But understand this. It's more than just a week-long event. This kind of unconditional, selfless love should be a way of life. It should be how we live if God's love is really at work in us. Which takes us back to our verse, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. John says, this is love, not that we loved God, because the fact is we didn't. It tells us in God's word that all of humanity, and I hate to break it to you, but you too, <laughs> did not really do a good job of loving God. Instead, we've rebelled against him. We've resisted his love. We've chosen to do what we want, not what he says is best. That's not love. That's rebellion. And so we've pushed against him. And as a result, we didn't love him. But what you'll see in this verse is that God didn't love us based on the condition that we love him. In fact, we already saw this. 1 John four one nine says we love because he first loved us. Which raises this challenge for us, this issue for us that's so key to understand. This is love that we didn't earn, we didn't work for it, we didn't deserve it, and yet God gave us. So watch this. Loving like Jesus means we will love another without being loved first. Loving like Jesus means we will love another without being loved first. Which is is kind of a weird concept for us because we live in such a customer service society. If I go to a restaurant, if I go to a store, oftentimes before I can escape out of that place, they have to show me the receipt. And they say, hey, down here at the bottom, there's a survey that you can hurry home and take. Right? How many of you are so excited when you get that? Why do they want you to do it? They want you to do it because they want to know how was your experience? Because we judge how something was based on how we were treated. In fact, many times if I'm in a restaurant, I'm looking for a certain kind of treatment. I want you to be kind to me. I want you to be nice to me. I want you to treat me like I'm a rock star. Because that's our thought process. And oftentimes, the temptation is, I'm not going to decide how I'm going to treat you until I see how you're going to treat me. That may be interesting in a restaurant, but that's not the definition of love fact maybe it it helps us to think of it in this way we've been driving the same minivan for years and i'm kind of weird when i confess i drive a minivan but we've been driving the same minivan for years and we're in the market we're shopping for a new one and so i'm i'm going out and i'm as i'm shopping i'm thinking in a certain way i'm walking in and i'm saying look i know what i want i want a certain model And I want it to be within a certain year range, within a certain price range. I want to know how many miles are on it. There's certain colors that are not acceptable for our family to drive a minivan of. (laughs) Right? I want to know not just how many miles it has on it, but like what kind of miles were they? Was it one owner? Was it a rental? What's the history on this car? Can I get the car facts and see where it's been, what it's all about? And then I want to know what what's, what's the trim package. I want a minivan that is tripped out. I don't want a minivan. I want a maxivan, right? That's what I'm after, okay? Now, that's okay if you're shopping for a car, but many times that's how we think about other people. Before I love you, what do you really like? Before I express love to you, are you the same model that I am? <clears throat> are you the, the same kind of person? What's your past like? How many miles you got on you? What kind of, like, what kind of life have you lived? Are, are you a color that's not acceptable for me to love? What's your features? Are you special enough? Are you worth me loving? Do you see the difference between buying a van and loving another person? See, love isn't based on what I get back. If we're going to love like Jesus, that means we love without being first loved by them, which takes us back to this verse and watch what happens. First John chapter four, verse 10 says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Not that we loved God. We we weren't the first ones to move. He was. It's that he loved us, which is this principle that's not only true about God, but something that we have to wrestle with in the relationships that we have with other people is that love goes first. If you're going to choose to love, then understand this, that love will go first. When you face those awkward situations, when you're in those tough times, when you're not sure how to respond, the secret, the key, if you're going to move that moment forward, is for love to go first. So let me, let me express it this way. You, you've probably all been kind of in that unique or awkward moment. You're driving. You come up to a stop sign. It's a four-way intersection. Two cars pull up at the same time, right? Who goes first? You're not sure. So you kind of, me. Thank you, brother. Yes, yeah, yeah. I have some other Bible reading homework for you. And we're going to pray for you, sister, who is married to him. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Okay, so here's your, your Two cars pull up, right? And you kind of lean out, and you're like, no, you go ahead. And they lean over and go, no, you go ahead. And you're like, no, 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 you go ahead. And they're like, no, you've been there, right? And then eventually what happens? You're both so nice that you both start going at the same time. And then instead of this hand gesture, it's a different hand gesture. That's not as nice, right? That's what happens in that moment. Here's, Here's my suggestion. When you hit those awkward moments, when you're at a weird intersection in a relationship... I'm going to challenge you what love does is love goes first, not in a selfish way, but love goes first and says, look, I'm, I'm going to make the first move so that I can serve you. Love goes first and says, look, I'm going I'm to love you. Here's, here's the reality, and this is what God did for us. In that awkward moment, God said, look, I'm going to express love. I'm going to make the difference. Love goes first. And here's what we see. If we're going to love like Jesus, loving like Jesus means that we will take the initiative to love others. Key word there is initiative. Loving like Jesus means that we're going to take the initiative to love another whether that's in a marriage relationship whether that's a relationship between a parent and a child whether it's that person at work that just kind of irritates you that neighbor that everybody just kind of rolls their eyes at what's your what's your response well love goes first the only way you're going to break through the tension the only way you're going to break through the frustration the only way you're going to move this relationship forward is if love goes first and takes the initiative to love others that's the beauty of this serve week Look, our goal in doing this is not to just get cool t-shirts, it's not to feel good about ourselves, it's not to hang out and do something fun, it's not to make some local ministries like us a little bit more. At the heart of this is we have been given God's love, and we believe that calls us to take the first move, to step out and bless another, because we know this, that if they can see God's love through us, it may open up other people to receive His love for themselves. Right? Isn't that the point? And so if that's the case, then we have to take the initiative. But what about, what about, and we talked about this last week, what about people who aren't easy to love? Because when I, this is the cool part about the Bible. The Bible tells us stuff that we're like, yes, I agree with that. When I talk about the fact that God loved us first, you're like, yes, he did, and I love it. And when I say you should take the initiative to love, that love should go first, you said to yourself, yes, I know somebody who needs to hear that. That's good, Chad. And then you know what John does? He will not leave well enough alone, and he starts messing with us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Look at that last line again. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister so now he's messing with us he says look if you walk around and say you love God but then you don't show love to other people it actually just proves that you're a liar but this is where our definition of love has us so confused I read about a guy who traveled all over the country for 15 years and he was going in and out of high schools he was speaking to high school students and interacting with high school students so he did kind of a little informal survey and he asked him okay here's a question for you if you came across an accident scene and and you had to respond to save somebody and you had to choose between saving a stranger or your dog which one would you choose the majority of the high school students said they would save their dog here's why they said i don't know the stranger but i love my dog now i've met some strangers that made me say i love my dog more <laughs> Right? True? True? Amen. Don't be so holy with me. (laughs) But we've messed up in our thoughts of what matters. We've misunderstood love. We've said that love is based on a relationship that I have and a feeling that I receive. When love is so much more than that. In fact, what John says to us is that we love those that we see, and if we don't, we can't dare say that we love God who we haven't seen, because they've been made in His image. If we love God, we will love those made in His image. It's just the reality. If we love God, then we're going to love those made in His image. We're going to let His love come through us. Not because it's easy, not because we like to, not because they're so lovable, but because That's what God has asked us to do. I read a story about a a, a young lady who was studying um, to prepare for for ministry in the church. She was going to work in the church. She's going to seminary. She walked into her seminary class one day, and on the wall, this teacher had, had put on the wall a giant, like, target, a big bullseye that was on the wall. Next to it was a table that had these small darts, like, you know, that you'd throw at a target, at a dartboard. They were sitting on the table. Everybody just kind of walked in and looked around. They're like, I don't know what's going on here. They came in, they sat down, and the teacher said, all right, we're going to do something different today. He said, I want everybody to take out a piece of paper, and I want you to draw a picture of someone you don't like. Draw a picture of someone that you are just, for whatever reason, not that crazy about, and, uh, and let's see what you come up with. So some of these students were like, this is awesome. <laughs> and they began to draw. And, and one kid began to draw a picture of a, a guy that bullied him all through high school. One young man drew a picture of his father. Because his father had abandoned um, him and his mom. One young lady drew a picture of the guy that broke her heart and and, uh, dumped her and started dating somebody else. This girl that told the story actually began to draw a picture of that professor because she wasn't doing so well in his class. (laughs) So he gave them a few minutes to draw their pictures and the professor said, hey, I need two or three volunteers. So three of them went up and he took their pictures and he stuck them on this big bullseye, stuck them on the target. And he says, look, here's what I want you to do. You've drawn this picture of this person. I want you to take some of these darts and I want you to step back and I want you to throw them at the pictures that you drew and I want you to deal with the feelings that you have for these people. And they were like, this is awesome. <laughs> step back and they just began to take these darts and throw them and they were loving it. Like it was releasing this inside of them. It was, it was awesome. And then he's, he swapped it out, put some different pictures up up and they did it and they're they're going after it and this girl and she had drawn a nasty picture of this teacher she's standing there holding she just can't wait to get him on the wall and just literally stick it to him right and she's wanting to do that and the teacher kind of goes hey hey, time out time out he goes we're we're out of time let's everybody go back to your seats And she's like i didn't even get a chance to throw any darts at this guy so they all go they go back to their seats and the teacher silently just walks up and he reaches up to that target and he pulls it off the wall takes the pictures off, pulls the target off the wall, and when he does, underneath the target was a picture of Jesus. And now all of a sudden, they can see that all the darts that they threw, that went through the people they did not like and through that target, actually pierced the Savior who they said they loved. And the teacher just turned and he looked at him and he simply said, if you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. That'll preach, won't it? Here's what John says to us. If we love God, we will love those made in his image. Even if it's not easy, even if we don't feel like it, he said that this is love. First John four ten, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. See, this is what's so interesting about love when we consider it is that love will give, love will share, love will take what it has and it will offer it to another. Loving like Jesus means giving of yourself. Loving like Jesus means giving of yourself. That you set yourself aside so that you can give to someone else. And that's at the heart of it. In fact, that's the heart of the whole gospel message. That God was willing to send his own son for us. His prized possession. And if we're going to love like Jesus, it means we're going to be willing to give of ourselves. And understand this. If you go out and wear a red t-shirt this week. When you go out and do your serve project... And even when you go to the grocery store or you go to work or you interact with some of your family members, understand this. You possibly could be the only expression of God to that person that they'll see. That day, that week, maybe for somebody, you might be the first they've ever seen it in their life. Here's here's what John says to us. 1 John 4, verse 12. He says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. What he's saying is this. We can't see God, but other people will see God through you. You reveal God to them by the way that you love them, and his love is made at work in your life. So realize this. When you interact with others, when you love them, you are literally sharing with them a picture of who God is, and that calls us to. It requires that. It asks us that we give. I got a really cool text from a friend um, recently, and he said that um, there's a family that lives near them in in their neighborhood driven by their house and had seen some things that just kind of weren't being done right in the, in the front of the house. And so the two ladies were talking and uh, in their conversation it kind of came up and, and uh, my, my friend's wife said, well, um, I had some health challenges right now and, and really can't get up on a ladder and so some of these things this season we haven't been able to get to. Kind of left it like that. And guess who showed up the next day? But this family from Calvary from down the street, they weren't invited, they weren't asked. They didn't do it hoping they'd get a shout out on a Sunday morning. But they knew that if you love, you will give. And so they went and took care of these things. Because love is willing to say, what can I give? What can I do to bless another? How can my life interact with another and share love? 1 John 4.11 says this, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So understand this. It's, It's really a pretty simple idea that God's love for us lives in us and loves through us. God's love for us, and we know God loves us, right? We resolved that a couple weeks ago. We know God loves us. So his love for us lives in us, and as a result, he can love through us. And in those times when we don't feel like we have the strength or we don't have the ability, we realize and we remember it's his love through us that makes all the difference. It's his power, it's him at work in us that allows us to love. And so his love for us that lives in us will love through us if we let it, which takes us back to this definition of love, that this is what love is all about. So, so how, do we, how do we live this out? Well, I, I would really encourage you with a couple of just real practical things. One is this. This week gives you a tremendous opportunity to do something with that love, to be involved in Serve Week. And maybe you haven't signed up yet, or maybe you're like, "Wow, well, my week's really busy, or I've got this or that going on. I, I want to challenge you. Maybe you have to move some things around in your schedule. Maybe you have to... Set something else aside, but you can go out on the website or you can stop by the table and you can see listed by day or listed by organization or the different projects. Sign up and be involved in this. Now, look, I can't make you this guarantee, but Leah's not in here. So I'm going to use her name and Leah guarantees you (laughs) this, that if you will get involved and be a part of a project this week, you will not only have an opportunity to bless and serve someone else, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to be blessed yourself Look, I, I can't think of a time when I haven't served in some way that somehow God hasn't poured something back into my life. He has allowed me to see something, to learn something, to experience something, even just in the way that it softens my heart towards him. There's something powerful that when you serve, you become blessed as a result. And so sign up and serve. We don't do this very often, but in just a few moments we're going to take a special offering for this. The idea is we want to be able to give you an opportunity to give in this way so that we're able to invest in our community. There are projects that will happen this next week for local ministries that would not happen any other way if we weren't involved in bringing the manpower and bringing the funding. So your giving makes a difference. But understand this, your loving other people and your giving as a result has a whole lot more to do than just a red t-shirt in one week. What if I lived my life this way? What if I said, because of God's love for me, I'm going to choose to love. I'm going to choose to take the initiative. I'm going to love first, and I'm going to give of myself to someone else. Because that's what this is about. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 says this, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice. Now, we like that word sacrifice when it's about Jesus. That's awesome. He sacrificed for me. Love it. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to love like Jesus, that means we're going to sacrifice as well. And then that word's a little tougher to swallow. You mean that I'm going to choose to take what I want, who I am, and set that aside? Loving like Jesus means putting the needs of others ahead of the needs of self. Loving like Jesus means I'm going to take the needs of others and put them ahead of my own needs. So, what about in your marriage? What about kids with your parents? How about parents with your kids? In your family? In your work? In your neighborhood? When you're out in the community, especially when you're driving with that Calvary sticker on the back of your car. Are you willing to put other people's needs ahead of your own? Because that's what it means to love like Jesus. Loving like Jesus means putting the needs of others ahead of self. Which leads us to ask the question, so what's, so what's the greatest need? 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 says this. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us, And send his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, our our greatest need is salvation. Our greatest need is eternal. For no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your greatest need is for your life to be right with God. Now why do we do this? Why do, we, why do we go out and paint walls? Why do we help build things? Why do we run a VBS for some kids? Why do we, why do, we do a construction project? Why, why are we doing these things? We're doing these things so that as we express love, God's love through us can have the opportunity to work in other people's lives, and then they'll want to receive that love as well. And we cannot get distracted by what we're doing from why we're doing it, right? Right? We need to realize that the whole point is this, that Jesus gave an atoning sacrifice and he did it for our sins. This is the point. And ultimately, what we want people to know is the good news of the gospel, that Jesus Christ died on the cross, he lived a life without sin, and as a result, he could pay the price for our sins, for those things that have separated us from God. And for some of you, whether you're sitting in this room or you're watching on a screen somewhere, this is the most important thing that you can hear. The most important thing that you can hear is that not just that God loves you, but that he did something about it. Because you're wondering, how do I deal with this sin in my life? How do I deal with all the times and places where I've disappointed myself, where I've disappointed others, ultimately where I've disappointed God? What do I do with that? Because I can't deal with it on my own. And here's the bottom line. We could take a million people from Calvary wearing red t-shirts and try to scrub up the sin in your life and it wouldn't budge. Because you can't just clean that up. There's a price that had to be paid for that. And that's what Jesus did for us. When he died on the cross, he paid the price for our sins so we could be made right with God. And as a result, we can know peace and we can know joy. We can know purpose. We can have hope. That's why we do what we do. But don't miss this. Don't miss the point. Because if all we do is help people without giving them hope, then we're not really loving the 419. We're just doing something that makes us feel good about ourselves. At the end of the day, this is about in our prayers, in our action, in our purpose, in our hope. We want people to experience the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Isn't that the point? So understand this. Loving like Jesus is giving of ourselves so others can have life. Loving like Jesus is giving of ourselves so others can have life. And if all we do is just help, Without somehow opening the door to offer some hope, that's not really love. That's just feeling good about yourself. Don't don't get so caught up in what you're doing that you set aside the most important thing. So here's here's what I um I'll, I'll just be honest with you. First service, I didn't really know how to how to wrap this thing up today. So what I typically do at the end of a service, and you may have seen me do this, I got a, I got a routine, I got a little circuit that I run. When I'm, when I'm done, I shoot out this little door that's over here so I can, I can cut back and I go to our Connection Center. It's an opportunity to talk to people and if you're here for the first time, a chance to greet you and that kind of thing. And, and then when I'm done in the Connection Center, before I come back in for this service, I usually grab a little snack or something because if I don't put some fuel in my tank, look, it's hard enough to keep you awake when I'm awake. When I'm tired, it gets, it's, it's worse, right? <laughs> so today, when I was done, shot out, went to the Connection Center, had a couple minutes, so I ran upstairs. To my, my office is on the second floor. So I ran upstairs, got a little snack, and when I did, I set my Bible down on my desk, and I said to myself, Chad, do not forget your Bible. Well, Chad is not a good listener. <laughs> So I got done. I came downstairs. No, it's not that far, but it is. It's, it's the other side of the building and it's upstairs. So I came, I came downstairs. I got all the way into the sanctuary, sat down over there where I typically sit. I looked at my wife and I went, I left my Bible in my office. So I had to go all the way back upstairs and get that. And you're like, oh, you poor baby, you had to go up the stairs. I mean, it's not that kind of, I mean, but, but it's that deal where I, I was focused. I was in the middle of something and in the midst of that, I left behind the most important thing. So when you paint your wall, When you teach those kids, when you do that landscaping, when you interact with someone in the grocery store, when you're talking to your family, when you're interacting with your neighbor, remember this, don't leave the most important thing behind. Don't leave your love somewhere because you're so wrapped up in what you're doing that you forget why you're doing it. Because if all we're doing is helping without hope, we're just wasting our time. The point is this, that Jesus came, God sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And if we will love other people, God's love through us will open up their hearts so they can experience that same love and have their lives changed for eternity. John three sixteen. you know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? And uh, whether you're sitting here in sanctuary or whether you're watching on a screen, I'm asking you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment so that without distraction, you you can kind of take a good look inside at your heart. And, And I have two questions that I'd value if you would consider one is this, am I experiencing God's love in my life? Because if you're not, it's, it's not because God doesn't have it for you. It's probably because we haven't opened up our hearts to it. You know, maybe at one point you were right with God. Things were good between you and God, but maybe you've, you've walked away from that. Or maybe you'd say to me, Chad, I've never known that. I've never I've never sensed or felt God's love for me. But in these last few moments, as I talked about the joy and the peace and the purpose and the hope and the promise of heaven that can come from a relationship with Jesus Christ, you said to yourself, that's something I need. I've tried to do it on my own and I just can't do it. And I need that. Then I know nothing better than in these next few moments, as I lead us in a prayer, that you would in your own heart say, God, I need you in my life. I give you control and I make you my Lord. I ask for your forgiveness and your grace in my life. And I need you to save me. I need you to be my savior. And if as we pray in a moment, if that's you, would you just open up your own heart to receive that forgiveness and that love from God today? And maybe the question for you is not, am I experiencing God's love? But are others experiencing God's love through me? And as we go into this serve week, Or maybe even just as you go into your week the question is God how can I allow your love in me to be shown through me and so Father we thank you for your word God we thank you for the way that it speaks to our hearts and Lord we ask that you would help us to love like your word says we should God, that with an unconditional commitment, we would selflessly love others. Lord, not because they loved us first, but that we would take the initiative that we would love those that we see out of the love that we have for you, God, who we can't see that it would challenge us to give of ourselves to others, that we would be willing to set aside our own wants, our own needs so that we can reach out and love another and share with them the good news, the most important thing, not just to help them, but to give them hope. And and God, I firmly believe that there's someone hearing this right now who needs to experience your love for themselves. Lord, as we open up our hearts to you, Would you allow that love that you have given so unconditionally for us to come into our hearts and work in us so that we can know your forgiveness and your grace and that others will see you through us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I just want to encourage you one more time. If you haven't had a chance to sign up for Serve Week, would encourage you to do that. I'm going to invite our ushers to come at this time and uh, want to thank you for considering and praying about how God would have you to give in this special offering for Serve Week today. If you're a guest with us, there's no obligation for you to give. In fact, we have just encouraged those who call Calvary home just to pray about what God would have them to do for this offering. I'm going to pray and then the gospel choir is going to lead us again. Father, we thank you for the gifts you've given to us. Now in this moment, would you take these things and use them so that your kingdom can be blessed? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.